Hello and Merry Christmas, and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. My name is Art, and there are just two more days until Christmas. Well, I hope that you have been enjoying this Christmas season. For me and my family, it's gone very, very quickly. Uh, I was just talking with Grace the other day about how fast it has felt. This year, I think we might celebrate in a way that uh, other other countries do. In America, we tend to view Christmas Day as the end of the Christmas time. I, I know in many other nations, Christmas Day is actually the beginning of the Christmas celebrations. And we've just had so much going on this month, as well as fighting some uh, bad colds that got into our house and we'll definitely be looking at these next couple of weeks as Christmas time to celebrate. I had some plans to get these episodes out sooner than I did, but like I said, I had a cold, my voice was shot, and I just didn't have the time to get everything done that I wanted to, so I had to do some rearranging. So here's what's going to be coming over the next couple of days. Today, I have a fun episode planned for you with Marty Ackett's. He is the co-host of Lit for Christmas, one of my uh, new favorite podcasts that have come in the Christmas podcast community. He and his co-host Amanda, they uh, get drunk and talk about Christmas lit, just to give you the elevator pitch. <laughs> but it's a, it's a fun podcast, and I especially like the uh, literature angle to it. So that's been one of my favorites to listen to this year. So yeah, today we're going to talk Bigfoot, we're going to talk Little Women, we're going to talk Christmas, and then after the interview, uh, Marty and I were talking, and then I realized that he is probably just as big of a Dickens fan as I am, so I'm going to have him back on sometime in the spring, and we're going to sit down and talk more about Dickens, so something to look forward to in the new year. To be honest, I'm glad I didn't realize that during the interview, or this interview would have been maybe a couple hours long so we'll uh, so we'll we'll plan to have him back to talk about Charles Dickens and some of his great uh, Christmas stories tomorrow then be on the lookout because part five of a Christmas Carol will be out it will be out on Christmas Eve it's a shorter story or it's a shorter chapter and then on Christmas Day itself I will have an episode it will be an interview I've had with uh, an author, her name is Amy Boucher-Pie, and she's just written an Advent book this year that her father actually illustrated. And so it's this uh, father-daughter work that I found to be really uh, spiritually inspiring. So uh, we'll, we'll sit down and have a, uh, a more uh, serious spiritual conversation uh, on Christmas Day. And that's something you can enjoy uh, sometime that day or in the week following as you celebrate. Uh, it is not too late to order her book. I believe you can also get it uh, online uh, as, in, uh, as an ebook. And as we talk about in the interview, again, people do celebrate Advent all the way through till January 7th or even some farther. So the next three days, we'll be having three episodes out. Uh, I'm hoping to get some time to record with Gracie and have some fun with her. That that will be attached to one of the two episodes coming out in the next two days. And then after that, what's going to happen is 
Uh, I probably will not have any episodes out for the next week or so, just to give you all time to get caught up on my episodes. And I've got family uh, in my with my son is home from college, and we have some plans. And I really want to make sure that I have the time to be with my family. I, I'm just so grateful for all of you uh, listeners who have uh, followed me through this year. And I'm so excited about the things I'm already starting to plan for 2022 with this podcast in the community. So there's a lot of cozy Christmas fun coming, not just this week, but into the new year. But for now, let's get to uh, the interview with Marty Eckets. I have a special guest on the podcast today. Uh, by this point, I'm, I call all of my guests special. So <laughs> <but> <laughs> I'm excited to have our guest on today. Uh, his name is Marty Eckets. He just put, published a new uh, spoken word album called Christmas with Bigfoot. I just finished listening to it today, and it's a delight. I love, Marty, how you can take two seemingly random objects and tie them into Christmas, you know, uh, with, with Bigfoot. Uh, with the first entry there in your Christmas with Bigfoot, it's uh, Bigfoot and Little Women. <laughs> and, <laughs> like okay what's how's this gonna work and you you um, do you make it work you tie it in and you tie it into christmas it, it was a delight oh thank you yeah you know that's one of my favorite things uh when i when i sit down to write like a christmas essay or something like that is to put two things that you don't think really will fit together and put them in conversation with each other and um see how they how how they end up uh talking to each other and um, I, yeah, I, I do a Christmas essay every year. And um, last year it was Christmas, it was Bigfoot and Little Women. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, last year's Christmas was weird. So why not, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, I was, I was literally stuck in quarantine for the entire month of December. Mm. And so um, I literally, all I had to do was um, watch movies um, and, uh, and write and um, I also, I, I worked from home a, a little bit with my laptop as well. But yeah, that was a really long, long month of mm. uh, just being at home and, and contemplating things. So <laughs> yeah, well, and uh, longtime listeners of the show will recognize Marty. Uh, you shared with me uh, with the podcast, I think it was earlier this summer, uh, your your uh, essay, uh, Gloop Christmas, where you talk mm -hmm. about Augustus Gloop and how that tied into Christmas for you. And I, I heard that on your podcast lit for Christmas and I, I reached out to you just to have it, have it on. And I'm so thankful you did. It's uh, I love that story. <laughs> I love you that. know, yeah, it, that was one of my earlier essays. I've been um, writing these essays for close to 20 years, putting together like a, uh, I, I, at first I didn't set out to put together a manuscript of Christmas essays, but that's what it's ended up being. And um, Gloop Christmas is one of my favorites, absolutely. Right, because it puts two things, uh, two of my favorite things in the same piece, which is I love Road Dolls, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I love I love um, uh, Christmas. So putting those two together um, was just a perfect. And plus, I love chocolate, too. I mean, who doesn't, who right. doesn't love chocolate? So. I love chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, absolutely. Um, 
and then uh, you also, like I mentioned, host a podcast lit for Christmas. And that um, I think you started that just this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was one of those it was one of those pandemic things. I was um, <laughs> I was talking with um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, uh, many of a long, longtime friend of mine, Amanda, who's uh, lives downstate. I, I live in the upper peninsula of Michigan, like mid uh, mid uh, upper peninsula. And she lives downstate near Ann Arbor. And um, we hadn't seen each other in years and we sort of reconnected because of the pandemic and everything. And um, we just started talking and, um, and, and she's, she's a graduate of an MFA program in poetry and I am a graduate of an MFA program as well. And um, we were talking about our old grad school days where we all just sort of sat around, drank and talked about books. And I thought, you know, that's a great, great thing. And I missed it and she missed it too. So I, suggested that we start this uh, podcast, Lit for Christmas, where literally you get lit and <laughs> you talk about <laughs> Christmas lit. So it's just, um, and it's so much fun. It really is. Yeah. Uh, um, I just, uh, there's so many really good Christmas books out there and things that, yeah. um, books that people aren't even uh, aware of. And um, I, I just love fo- being able to focus on those for uh, a good period of time. Um, so yeah, lit for Christmas. It's one of these, we started it. I think our first episode was in January. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're coming up on our one year anniversary pretty soon. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's exciting when, uh, you've put all, put the work in for the year and then you can look back and say, all right, what worked, what didn't, uh, are we going to do it again and <laughs> keep going? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And you know, and uh, Amanda and I, um, we we have no we have no plans to discontinue. I mean, there's plenty of alcohol out there, and there are plenty <laughs> of Christmas books to accompany them. So yes. yeah, in fact, we're recording a new episode this coming Thursday. I think. All right. Yeah. So. All right. Now I I am a little behind on my podcast listening. It, it oddly it happens in December. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what what a surprise! <laughs> what a surprise! Yeah. Right. But uh, I I have in, enjoyed those episodes, and there's been a few that I've been a little worried about your liver at the end of it. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I I've tried to uh, limit my alcohol intake. I, literally, those nights that we record. <laughs> Is practically the only night of the month that I've uh, that I imbibe, um, because my when my son like looks at me the next day and is like, oh, you know, he's 13 years old and he realizes that I'm a little hungover. I find I I, I can't do that too much. So <laughs> do do a, a walk of shame down to the kitchen and <laughs> there's many wa- there have been many walks of shame after recording. Let me tell you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's uh it's all in good fun and it's uh it's a great podcast now what i like about it is the literature aspect that's a big interest of mine i'm, I'm not a drinker at all but I, you know knowing that you talk about literature there's there's stuff there for me to enjoy as well and one of the early episodes you were talking about was it the story of the short story uh, that um uh, it's a wonderful life was based on oh philip van doren stearns yes. uh yeah um yeah. the greatest yeah. gift yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That was a fun one. I remember, I uh, recall that one being a fun one. <laughs> it, it was, it was yeah. a lot of fun. And, you know, yeah. I believe it or not, Amanda had never watched It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. And I, I'm like, I, I was like astounded by that. I was like, I don't know how she reached the age that she is, which I won't say. And, um, <laughs> and her have never watched It's a Wonderful Life. 
Mm -hmm. um, and you know, Philip Van Doren Stern's um, short story is, is it sort of has the same elements, but it's so different from the mm -hmm. actual movie. Um, so it, it was almost like uh, talking about two separate, separate Christmas works of art. So, yeah, yeah, uh, and and I feel like especially those older adaptations tended to really just take the basic um, premise of the story and just kind of flip it on its head. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. And you know, usually I'm I'm a person who says that a book that that the movie is never as good as the book. Mm -hmm. or short story or whatever. I will say with Philip Van Doren Stern's story that I think the movie is a little superior to, to the short story. Um, but, uh, um, you know, neither would exist without each other. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so where, uh, or what has been maybe a favorite uh, work of literature that you've covered on your podcast? Mm. You know, um, I have, I, I really have a, um, the, uh, um, the first book that we did, which was Joseph Brodsky's Nativity Poems. Mm -hmm. um, I sort of have a, 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 an affection for it because it was the first book, but I've, I've loved those poems for a really long time. They're, they're just, um, for me as a poet, I really appreciate how he takes Christmas and, you know, of course, the, the, the impulse as a, as a writer is to go towards the sentimental. Brodsky just never does that. They're hard, they're dark poems, um, but full of really hard, dark beauty, um, which, which I really, really appreciate. And um, so, yeah, I love that, that particular book. I did enjoy uh, the first, because we rate our, we rate our um, books or whatever we're reading on a scale of one to five tiny Tims, mm -hmm. one being like the worst um, Scrooge never changes and tiny Tim dies before next Christmas and five being like the best where Scrooge has his, has his moment of epiphany and tiny Tim lives to become prime minister of England, um, that kind of thing. And um, uh, the, the Truman Capote's A Christmas Memory was our first one where we both agreed that it was a five tiny Tim story. Um, and so, um, and I've always loved that uh, Truman Capote uh, little novella. It's it's just a beautiful piece. So I, I would say those two books um, have been my favorites so far. You know, I have not yet read that Truman Capote story, mm. and I've come across it several times, or people have mentioned it uh, last year and a half. And I finally, I, I've got a book now here somewhere that has the story in it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to sitting down to read it here soon. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, and um, I had, I had warned Amanda when she, cause she hadn't read it before. Mm -hmm. I said, just be prepared. Um, I said, have a box of Kleenex next to you at the end. Oh, okay. um, and she called me like after she'd finished reading it, like right after she finished reading it. And she's like, I can't believe I'm sitting here like weeping. And I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of warned you about that. That book, that book can make you weep even if you're not drinking. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, really good, good novella. Oh, outstanding. Well, I might, uh, I might have to read it and, and I'll talk about it maybe on the episode you're in here. So awesome. Awesome. Uh, so uh, if I, if I cry, I'm just going to flip the microphone on and <laughs> sob into go. it. 
that's one of the stories I've been looking forward to reading this year. I, I just hope we can make time for it. it. It's short. So, I mean, give yourself about half an hour, 40 minutes. You should be able to get through it. And it's, it's, it's really, it's really beautiful. So you, you're putting out a new spoken word album. or I, I call it a spoken word album. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a wannabe musician. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I do play like the keyboard and, you know, and, and things. Um, so I, I've always, I've, I've always uh, admired musicians putting out Christmas albums every year. And I've always wanted to do that. And um, I had a friend who um, is a band in it is in a band called streaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. And um, we just, um, he, he suggested that we do a Christmas album and, um, and I was all, I was all down for it. So yeah, I, I would call it a spoken word Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Um, there's music in it, not a lot of music, but there's enough music in it uh, to, uh, I think satisfied people who are looking for Christmas music as well. The first story on the album is uh, Bigfoot and Little Women, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I I love the story of Little Women, and I I was really, I don't know, it was really fun just the way you tie that in with uh, your Christmases. You know, I I really um wh- when I was in when I was in quarantine last December, one of my go to movies that I watched quite a bit. I watched it so much that my family was getting tired of me, but um, I watched, I watched the new Greta Gerwig um, film mm-hmm. version of mm-hmm. uh, little women, which is superb. I mean, it's like one of the best versions I've ever seen. Yes. And so um, that Louise May Alcott, I, who I, I really adore as a writer as well. Um, um, she was on my mind a lot as I was, I was sitting at home and, and thinking about, you know, the story of little women and um with Meg and Joe and, and Beth and Lainey and, and Beth's, uh, you know, the part where Beth dies, you know, just um, thinking about what we were going through at that time in the pandemic with so much, um, so much, you know, chaos and upheaval and people losing loved ones. And for some reason, that book just really, really spoke to me uh, last Christmas. Um, And, so that was that was one part, and then I've been working on a collection of Christmas poems—not uh, Christmas poems, but uh, a regular collection of poems that are Bigfoot poems. And so I just decided to um, throw Bigfoot into the mix mm-hmm. and um, see how they sort of worked together. And um, I like to think that they did uh, work together well. So yeah, yeah, it's. There, there's a point where you wonder, okay, what, what is, what is he doing with this? You know, you, you jump from little women to Bigfoot to little women, and then it all kind of comes together, especially near the end. And it's, it's really fun. Oh yeah. Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate it. I sometimes worry when I do that, when I throw like two weird things together, <laughs> whether it actually is ever going to come together at the end or not. And, um, you know, funny enough, it always seems to work out. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I love uh, on Little Women. Of course, the uh, the book opens on Christmas, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, just a very iconic first chapter. And I was just thinking today, as you were reading those opening lines, how in each of the um, sisters' statement, opening statement, you get a big picture into their personality, mm-hmm. and, and it's just one line, and, and she's a master at doing that. She she really, you know, that's one thing that I really admire about Louisa May Alcott, her ability to like paint a character 
in like one or two lines like that. Like you read that opening, like you said, mm-hmm. and you immediately know what kind of person Meg is. You know what kind of person Joe is, Beth is, and Amy is. And that's all in like the first two paragraphs, paragraph or two paragraphs of the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it, it she sets things up so well. Um, yeah, Louisa May Alcott, I, I don't think that she gets the credit that she's due. Um, as to what a good writer she was. Um, but she was she was an amazing, amazing talent. I had to chuckle too, as you talk about how she, that book was a struggle for her because she wanted to write, write what does she call them? The, the Thunder and Blood books or whatever. She yeah, the them. Thunder and Blood books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of feel sorry for her somewhat because she gets pigeonholed as this, you know, warm and cozy writer of children's stories and she she's like i want to write the mysteries and the and the you know the stalkers and the bloodshed and <laughs> all that yeah she she was all about like vampires and yeah. curses and and things like that and um she she absolutely hated the idea of writing little women absolutely mm-hmm. hated it and i don't know how well she would feel about the fact that when people say her name all they think about now is little women as opposed to other things that she wrote yeah. Um, but, uh, you, you know, I, I think that little women, um, has a depth to it, um, that, um, that sort of saves it from being just a children's book. It really right. does. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, I mean, there's good moral lessons. It's a good story. Uh, you know, it's good writing. I mean, it's, it succeeds on a lot of levels. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it really does. Yeah. And, you know, that, you know, the tale of the father coming home at, at, it starts on Christmas. And then the second, you know, the first half of the book ends on Christmas as well mm-hmm. with the father coming home from the civil war. Um, and, and, you know, when I first read that book, I actually thought that, you know, the book was going to end there, that it sort of should have ended right mm-hmm. when the father comes home at Christmas and everybody's together. And of course, um, Louise May Alcott just doesn't leave it there. She pushes it further, um, which, um, you know, which I really admire about that because it would have been a really easy ending to just uh, leave it with the girls having the, um, their father home um, and not, not dealing with all the other things that come afterward. Um, so the fact that Louise May Alcott was brave enough to push it even further is a, is a pretty good credit to her artistry. Yeah. And um maybe they, they talk about it a little bit in the, uh, in the new movie that came out, but I, I, isn't that somewhat true to life that they were kind of put, the publishers were kind of pushing her to, to write more than just that first half. Yeah. Um, they, they really did. Um, they, she sent the first half off to her publisher and, and, you know, and he was like, yeah, what, what happens? Because the thing is, is that the publisher, if you have an unmarried woman, in a story back then, by the end of that tale, the publisher wanted that woman married, no matter what. Um, and so, what you have at the end, what you have at the end of the first half of Little Women, is you have everybody wondering whether Joe was going to end up marrying Laurie, mm-hmm. and they were going to live happily ever after. And of course, um, that would have been really that would have really been easy for Louisa May Alcott. And of course, she doesn't do that. Laurie ends up uh, marrying. Um, uh, Joe's sister, little sister Amy instead. Um, and I think that she did that in a way to sort of uh, thumb her nose at the publisher that was uh, trying to force her to uh, force her character to do something that she didn't think her character would do. I mean, Joe ended up married at the end, but not to the person that you would expect. So, <laughs> yeah. 
uh, she uh, guess always kept us guessing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I was, well, and I was just looking um, at some of the different uh, movie versions and how iconic the role of Joe, Joe has been mm-hmm. and several of the actresses have been nominated for awards for their performance. And uh, I, I, again, I think that just shows the testimony of what a powerful character she is. She, she really is. I mean, you think some of the actresses that have played her at Catherine Hepburn mm-hmm. um, played her. Um, um, uh, I'm thinking um, I'm like Winona Ryder. Yeah. Winona yeah. Ryder. I was that's thinking, what, you know, I, I, I immediately went to stranger <laughs> things for yeah. some reason. I was like Winona Ryder. Yeah, Winona Ryder yeah. and that's Shershe Ronin, Ronin um, yeah. in this last version. Oh, she was um, great just, too. Oh, yeah, man. Just, just great actresses. And I think all three of them were nominated for best actress for, I, for the movie. So that's, that's astounding. Uh, well, this has turned into a Louisa May Alcott podcast now. So. <laughs> that's all right. I don't mind <laughs> giving Louisa May Alcott her due. Uh, yeah, I haven't <laughs> talked much about her before, so that's good. Yeah. I love the, the movie versions, you know, especially since they open up with Christmas and, and there, mm-hmm. it just seems like a Christmas book, even though it's maybe not, I guess, I guess we can put that in the the diehard category, you know. <laughs> is, it a- is it a Christmas book? Is it a Christmas book? Yeah. 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 Um, and by the way, uh, you know, people are going to hate me for this, but Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. So Anthony can come at me. I don't care. It's not a Christmas movie. So all right, shots are fired. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I I tend to be on your side about that argument. So <laughs> oh, oh, good, good. You know, literate people know better. They just know better. <laughs> But I will save that for another podcast. And you can, if you're angry, you can send all uh, hate mail to Marty and he'll yeah, send it my way. I can take it. You know, I'm a college professor. I get all kinds okay. of emails. Oh, so. my goodness. Yeah, you probably you do. <laughs> uh, and then uh, another story on your album that really moved me was the Live Long and Prosper story mm-hmm. uh, where you talk about, um, you know, a little bit about Star Trek and how much your, your sister loved it. Uh, and then her, unfortunately her, uh, passing, um, I, I don't think that was that long ago, was it? No, it was about, it was about five years ago. Yeah. Um, that was a really, that was a really tough essay to write, um, for me. Um, I, I and you know, it was at the point where, um, when I started writing that, uh, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to write it. Mm-hmm. But there's um there's a um there's a po- poet Richard Hugo says that what you what you should write about is the things that you don't want to write about, and so um that's uh, that I sort of had that in the back of my head as I was working on it. But um, you know I I I just hope that um I sort of did her memory justice with mm-hmm. that um with that uh, essay because um it's uh, she was a really important person in my life and um, loved Christmas. And um, sort of went out of her way to make everybody's Christmases wonderful. So, um, you know, when she was gone that year, I think I wrote that particular essay, The Christmas After She Passed. Um, And so I was feeling her absence uh, a great deal. And um, that that particular essay sort of, uh, for me, was sort of healing in in sort of bringing her back um, that holiday season. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it's, again, you you know, you're taking these two concepts or ideas and how are they going, how are they going to connect? And it's done beautifully, but um, uh, you know, and just sharing a, a painful memories or happy memories at times, but it can be painful to, to bring those up. And 
but I, I think that's important. It's good to keep those memories alive and to, uh, uh, keep sharing those. Uh, I talked about that a little bit on a previous episode, but yeah, I, uh, I remember you, I remember you talking about that. I, yeah. and it was right at, I think yeah, that episode came out the, uh, just a, a week or so after my mother passed recently. And, um, yeah, it, um, I, I really appreciated that, that particular, and your words on that episode a lot. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, you know, I had my, uh, my grandma, uh, who I, I've spoken of before on this podcast, and, and she just made Christmas so special for us. Um, and she passed away on, uh, well, it was early in the Christmas season, but it was December, early December, like sixth mm-hmm. or something. Uh, yeah, she had just a tremendous impact in her life. And I think it was uh, 2001 as when she passed away. So that year was just kind of a, an emotional <laughs> year yeah. for us. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a matter of how do you pick up the pieces and move forward mm -hmm. um and for me um because i i i'm a writer and a poet um the way that i pick up the pieces and move forward is always through words that's Mm -hmm. that's what i do Mm -hmm. because i can remember having well there's there's a story told uh about when charles dickens died and it was made known and a little girl had asked does that mean father christmas is dead Mm -hmm. too you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's, if that's apocryphal or, but it's a story that gets passed down, but I, I, I uh, want to, I really believe, I want to believe that that story is true. Yeah. I, Cause I, I, I can just hear a little kid saying that. Yeah. Um, well, and he had it, such an impact on Christmas and, but I, I, to me, that rings true because of someone like my grandma who made Christmas special for us. Uh, and and she's gone now, and so there's in some ways a part of that that's going to be gone, right. uh, and but we we do things to keep uh, to remember her and to uh, you know keep the spirit that she brought to Christmas alive. And, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the you know the Christmas the Christmas ornaments that you got from them, or Christmas mm-hmm. pictures, or doing that Christmas tradition that they always did every year. Um, mm-hmm. You know. For my for my uh, sis, for my sister, um, it was uh, making these partic- making pizzellis. I don't know if you've ever had pizzelli, mm-hmm. but they're like um, a very um, some kind of soft, flat. It's an Italian cookie mm-hmm. um, with um, with you can anise flavored usually, um, but she always made those every Christmas, and um, I was never good at making them. Um, but um, I made some that the Christmas following her passing. Um, so I, I do think it's really important to keep those kinds of traditions alive um, and to keep those people close to you that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my my grandma used to make fudge every Christmas, mm. and uh, it, and it could be nostalgia speaking now, but we have yet to find fudge that tastes anything like how she made it. And I've even had family members who have used her recipe, and it mm. just doesn't quite taste the right way. I don't know. You know, it, maybe it's just my mind playing games on me knowing it didn't come from her. <laughs> I, I know. I, I totally believe that, you know, yeah. um, I, I had my grandma made chocolate chip cookies when she passed. I've, I, I swear to, I, on on my grave, you know, mm-hmm. that, uh, that um, I've never had a chocolate chip cookie as good as the one that she made. And I, I don't know what, I think that grandma's sort of, Yes, they have the recipe written down, but they just mm-hmm. sort of work from memory and they don't necessarily follow that recipe completely. So, mm-hmm. 
down. <laughs> yeah. My, my wife is starting to get that way. And I I've been trying to learn a little bit about baking and, and baking treats and goodies and stuff. And I've enjoyed that, but then I'm very exact, you know, if it says this much measurement, I got to use that much of a measurement, or if it says it has to be in the oven for this long, that's it. That's gospel truth. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I, my, I drive my wife crazy because I'm following a recipe and she'll hear me say, ah, close enough. And that, (laughs) and and that just drives her crazy because my wife is like you, when it comes to baking, it's like Uh science, you have to do it. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, one or two caps of vanilla. What does it matter? It's, it's vanilla, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. She's like, how can yeah. you do that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I drive her a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, doing things like that, um, you, you know, just reminding yourself of, of them. I think it's a powerful thing we can do for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely is. And uh you know, whenever I, whenever I read or uh, do a reading where I read one of my Christmas essays about my sister or my dad or something like that, um, it really, I, I really feel their presence with me mm-hmm. when I do that. Um, and, um, you know, and it, and it uh, brings them back for just that short, brief period of time, whether it's a 12 minute essay or a 20 minute essay. So, mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the other larger essay on your album, is called the Christmas Eve Wrinkle, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I found really charming and and sweet. Tells the story of uh, a Christmas play at a church, uh, mm-hmm. and, and they have an unexpected visitor at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's it exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. That that one. Um, uh, I pulled on my um, experience as I'm a church organist and and mm-hmm. musician, and so um, I was roped into. Uh, doing the Christmas programs for a good 15 or 20 years. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, for those of you that have only sat and watched Christmas programs and not had to sit, sit through the rehearsals and everything like that, um, you know, uh, if you would have a different feeling for those Christmas programs, <laughs> um, if you actually had to sit through all Absolutely. of those rehearsals. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> How come I said only had three lines? Come on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why? How could you put that kid in as Mary? My daughter is Mary. She her name is Mary. Why can't she be Mary? Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, there's just there's just um even in churches, these these stage parents who just think that their their son or daughter needs to be more than just a shepherd. And I'm like, sorry, mm. you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I identify with that one a lot. My, my wife especially has been involved in the Christmas programs at our church the last Mm -hmm. many years, I guess, but uh, this year we're really trying to cut down on things and and stress and all that. So we're doing something different. Uh, But yeah, we, we get it trying to wrangle the kids, trying to corral them, trying to find who to do what. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's something else. There there was one year uh, we were really having trouble getting the kids all together at the same time to practice and it was just chaotic and the night of the christmas play the the girl who was he was going to have the main part um it, you know she was playing mary there were some speaking lines some things that was you know she was the main character she comes over to our house and says you know i'm not feeling well i don't know if i'm gonna make it tonight and this was like an hour before the performance oh my gosh 
<laughs> and oh my, my gosh wife, my wife had almost had a panic <laughs> meltdown but uh, she managed to pull it together and it was like well how about you? let's let's get you over to church and we'll let you lay down on a couch and see how you feel and <laughs> and she turned out fine and it was fine but it was it's, just like the, the the cap on the end of a really crazy season <laughs> it, it's you know that if you are involved in christmas programs especially when kids you have to expect things like i mean i remember one year one kid standing up there trying to sing his song locked his knees and there he went over he was he was done for so the, you know suddenly we had a domino effect through the shepherds he went down and then the other <laughs> shepherds went down with him so it was um it, you know people think that 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 uh book the best christmas pageant ever is like mm-hmm. a joke it's real. Oh, it, it is real. totally yeah. real. That's exactly the way it is. And that's what I sort of tried to capture in that essay, that kind of that kind of joyful chaos. Yeah, joyful that, chaos. That there you go. Yeah. That's that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my I, I loved watching my boys when they were little and they'd be in a Christmas program. And uh, I, I think we got video of one of them, you know, the kids choir was there singing and he's like staring off into space, picking his nose, you know, <laughs> that that's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, rem, I remember my daughter, she was, um, she just turned five years old, her first Christmas program. And, um, there she is, she has her pretty little dress on and she's standing there and she's looking all cute and everything. And suddenly she's like flipping her dress up and turning yeah. around and showing people things that they should, she, she shouldn't be showing people. <laughs> Yeah. And um, yeah, it's all on camera. It's all on camera. So um, yeah, that's like I said. Um, there's there's something really crazily um, joyful about those moments. Um, yeah. If you can if you can um, uh, not give in to the stress of trying to throw something like that together, um, it's it it really is it really can be meaningful. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's those. Those are both my, my wife and my mother-in-law have started when things like that happened, they would say, well, we're making memories. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're making memories. <laughs> that, that's it. You know, yep. if, if you have that kind of thing in your head, it's all good. You know, yeah. if you're the kind of, if you're the kind of director of a Christmas program where everything has to go exactly the way it's planned, if you're doing it with children, it's never going to happen. It's that's never right. going to happen. What, what's right. what's the old saying for actors never work with children or animals and um that's right. true <laughs> <laughs> unless i was gonna say unless you want an easy paycheck but even then i don't know <laughs> yeah I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> right uh well your uh your your album christmas with bigfoot is available now on um oh where did it go i just had it well, where, where is it available? Where can you well, find it? <laughs> it's available um, streakingintongues.bandcamp.com. That's uh, okay. the first place it's available. Um, hopefully, the, if you if you want to do a download, it's there. Um, and if you are looking for a physical CD, those will be available in about a week and a half um, where you can order a physical CD of Christmas with Bigfoot. And, um, and it has really beautiful artwork, too. We have this artist that we work with. Um, this is our second, if you can believe this, this is our second Bigfoot album. Hmm. Um, the first one was called Slow Dancing with Bigfoot, which came out probably about six months ago. 
Um, and um, so, but we have the same artist who did this, these really beautiful, beautiful renderings um, of Bigfoot at Christmas. And I, th I think they're beautiful. They're funny mm -hmm. and beautiful at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's available there and I recommend it and, and listen to his podcast too, Lit for Christmas. It's a great podcast. What I, I, and I keep meaning to do this, but uh, you know, you always have the segment where you write something uh, mm -hmm. based off of what you've read and you invite your listeners to do it as well. And, and I've always been meaning to do that with, with you or, or try it out. Uh, but I'm usually listening if I'm driving or, uh, you know, you know, taking a walk or cleaning the house and I can't stop to go run and write. <laughs> but well, if you ever do it, please send us it because we're still waiting for someone to oh. send us like something that they wrote along with us. Um, it, it never, right. and let me tell you, Amanda and I are so drunk by the end of that podcast that anything you write is probably <laughs> going to be better than what you hear from us on the podcast. So challenge please. accepted. Challenge accepted. There it is. The gauntlet has been laid. Do it. Please. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to maybe try it out here. Uh, although now I can uh, hear Yoda telling me do or do not. There is no try. There's no try. That's it. Yep. That's it. I have that in my head too. So. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, before we go, uh, I want to, I, I, although we, we did talk a, a lot about memories and things, but do you have a, a favorite Christmas memory or tradition you'd like to share with, uh, with the folks? You know, um, one of my favorite moments of Christmas always happens not on Christmas day, but it's the on Christmas Eve. Um, I always go to Christmas. I I'm a church musician, so I'm in church all the time, but um, my favorite moment is on Christmas Eve, after the 11 o'clock service, and the you, you, the organ starts playing Silent Night, and the church lights are dimmed, mm -hmm. and they start passing the candlelight from one, one person to another in the church, and everybody's singing Silent Night, and um, that moment never fails to, like, move me so deeply, seeing all those people in church holding those candles, um, it's, it's, it's my favorite Christmas moment every, every year. I just, I just love that moment. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually just interviewed someone this morning who, uh, wrote a, an Advent, uh, Christmas book. And, and that's the first story she writes about is seeing those candles lit in church. Mm -hmm. And it, it is, it's a, a powerful visual, uh, and reminder of, uh, at least for me, of, of being a, a light in, in the world that uh, we Absolutely. need to be. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's about, I mean, for me, that's what the holiday season is about. Whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah mm -hmm. or Kwanzaa, it's about finding the light in the darkness or being the light in the darkness. And I think that that's, that's really what the spirit of this season is really about. It's about, um, we can focus so much on the darkness and, and it's easy to give in to that impulse, but um, the better choice and the thing to do is to, instead of focusing on the darkness, is to bring a little light into the world. Um, and that's what I try to do every Christmas season. So, mm -hmm. Well, I, uh, I, I think there's a lot of light in your writing and, and I, I've really enjoyed what you've been putting on your podcast and, and this, this, uh, um, spoken word album is just wonderful so thank you for for doing that for for sharing that with us appreciate oh, it thank thank you art i really appreciate uh, having this opportunity
to be on. You've given me street cred because <laughs> my son loves Cozy Christmas. So oh, the fact that awesome. I'm on on your podcast, I can go home and be a little cool for just a little bit with him. Oh, well, that's incredible. That's neat to hear that. So uh, well, tell him I said hello. <laughs> I will do that. I will do that. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Marty. And uh, you and your family have a Merry Christmas. Same to you, Art. Thank you. Thank you again, Marty, for being on the show. And thank you all for listening. As always, if you would like to support the show, there are some links in the show notes that you can do that, both by leaving a rating and review as well as some financial ways. You can buy me a, a cup of coffee on ko-fi.com and I will send you a bookmark for any donation as well as a Christmas card. And I have an Etsy store as well as a Tee Public store for some different uh, cozy Christmas logo merchandise items and some ornaments and things of that nature. If you'd like to uh, help support us that way, you can check that out. I've heard that uh, Spotify is now going to start allowing you to rate uh, the podcasts you listen to. I know I've got a big community on Spotify. So hello to all my Spotify listeners and thanks for taking the journey with me. And if you're able to uh, leave a rating there, uh, that would be greatly appreciated as it does help with the uh, getting the word out about us. So thank you so much. All right. Two days left for Christmas. I hope this podcast will allow you to slow down to reflect on the meaning of Christmas and what Christmas means to you. Uh, I'm going to be sharing in the next couple of episodes uh, a few things that Christmas means to me, uh, but I know many of you have different beliefs and different reasons for celebrating Christmas, and I in no way want to exclude you from that conversation. Uh, so uh, please feel free to write in and tell me how and why you celebrate Christmas. You can uh, reach out to me at CozyChristmasPodcast at gmail.com. So until tomorrow, when we find out what happens to Ebenezer Scrooge after he goes to the future with the ghost of Christmas yet to come, we'll find out. So stay tuned and remember to be kind to each other and to do good and that there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas.